Okay, so uh, back at it. It is time for the Pistols Firing Podcast with your hosts, yours truly, Carson Cunningham. I mean, he's about as pretty as they get. Joined, as always, by Kyle Porter. When he breaks through and gets in the open, it's over. Gone. The Pistols Firing Podcast starts right now. Welcome back. It has been a while. It is March 20th. The Pistols Firing Podcast continues despite the pandemic, despite the coronavirus. Kyle Porter is joining me as always. I'm Carson Cunningham, in case you've forgotten. Kyle, have you been um, quarantined in your shed throughout this pandemic? Yeah, it's funny because, you know, people are uh, like things have changed. A lot of things have changed drastically for a lot of people in a in a sobering way. <laughs> And for me, I'm like, well, uh, I'm still in my shed, and uh, <laughs> it's set up perfectly for all. Maybe, maybe all along, like me, my like my family and I were just preparing for a pandemic. The kids are, you know, homeschooled, still at home, and uh, like, look, has that affected us for sure? And it is uh, sad and heavy and sobering and all of those things. But in terms of like our day-to-day setup, uh, we were we we were kind of we were kind of prepared for it uh, inadvertently, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I think you were better equipped for it than most, considering, like, as you mentioned, your kids are homeschooled and you work from home as well. But uh, yeah, it, it was interesting for me, Kyle. I got the flu the Saturday following, you know, the big Utah Jazz fiasco where really the country decided to get serious about coronavirus and I was really sick went to the doctor they diagnosed me with influenza a and then I was out of work I was I was at home I was already I was quarantined from the flu for a whole week and in the span of that week the entire world and the entire sports world especially had totally changed and I'd already been in quarantine and now they're telling me I got to be in quarantine for the foreseeable future with this, you know, social distancing. So it, it's like I've gone into another dimension in the last two weeks, just staying at home. But, um, there's certainly, it certainly changed my world more so than yours, I guess. Cause in, in TV world, I, I go to work at like, I have a laptop that I work from home and I kind of produce the sports cast from home. And then I, I go to the station at like nine 30, do the show at 10 and, and go home immediately. They're trying to keep as few people in the building as possible. We don't come within six feet of my fellow news anchors. So it's it's a drastic change, Kyle. And I guess from the from the OSU perspective, a lot has changed as well, just in terms of obviously all the spring sports have been canceled since we last talked and all the eligibility concerns. And even we don't know when all this is going to end, Kyle. But uh, how have you been dealing with, with it from the OSU side of things with, with PFB? Yeah, that, that part has been... Um, it's been interesting, you know, I, it, I I guess if you're talking about like times of year where it's best, I mean, it's never good for this to happen, but for, in terms of like the best time for it to happen from an OSU news perspective, we're kind of in it, you know, maybe, maybe more toward the summer. Like if this happened in, in like September, think about that. You know, I, I read an article the other day on it was by Dennis Dodd on CBSSports.com, and he had talked to an athletic director at some Power Five school. Didn't say which one, 
And the guy said, or woman, I guess, whoever, I, I have no idea who it was. Whoever he talked to um, said, look, like if there's no football this fall, then like we're cutting sports from our university. This is a power five university. Like a, Whoa. I, don't, I don't know what conference, but that's the type of economic impact in the, in the college sports world that this could have. And I think that, I mean, you read some of the stuff and look like stuff's all over the place. It, it, it's still so early on that you're like, I don't, I don't know. Like, like the ranges of stuff you read, you're like, well, this is like, this could be anything, you know? And I just think that I think it could legitimately affect college football this year. And I don't know what, I guess the thing I was thinking about Carson, what was the moment for you? Let's keep it sports specific where you were like, Oh, like this is, this is crazy. Like, this is like nothing we've experienced before. Well, to me, it has to be the Thunder game with the Utah Jazz. I mean, that really was the domino that brought down sports in America because you had the PGA Tour, which you're well aware of. You were covering it throughout. Like, the PGA Tour was, like, prepared to play through the weekend. Like, they didn't care. Like, they were like, ah, well, we'll get rid of fans on Friday after having – like all the fans were there on the first round on Thursday at the PGA was, Tour. It was it was, was such crazy. a bad look. It was a horrible look. They clearly were totally tone deaf and had no idea what was happening. But the moment Adam Silver shut the NBA down after the Rudy Gobert testing positive and Donovan Mitchell testing positive is really when I think, as I said, the country got serious and said, "Oh, like," and myself included. Like you know, I was like everyone else. I was kind of like, "Well, it's over in China." It's the stronger strain of the flu, but it doesn't affect younger people. Like, you know, I was just like everybody else. But once that happened, I was like, oh, this is like, we have to like shut the country down for a while. And I think you have to give credit to Adam Silver for realizing the magnitude of the situation because, you know, it, it came out that, you know, the Utah Jazz with their plane situation where they had been, they, they really affected every team in the entire league. Mm-hmm. And everyone had come in contact with them in some form or fashion to where this thing could have spread throughout the entire league and really the whole country with what all these teams are. So that for me, and it was kind of shocking that it happened right here in Oklahoma City where I'm at, that really the, the whole world or really the United States got super serious about, you know, just, just how widespread this thing's going to become. Woj shut down the country with his tweet. <laughs> that was the biggest Woge bomb of all time. I mean, he kind of he shut down the country with his tweet, right? Yeah, I mean, that, that was the definitive, more than, <laughs> more than Kevin Durant's going to the Warriors, more than anything else. That is the definitive uh, Woge bomb. What, what was the moment for you when the PGA Tour finally came to their damn senses? <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to refrain from speaking on the PGA Tour. Um yeah, the NBA stuff. I th- I think it was the next. So that was Wednesday night. I think, uh, I think it was the next morning. Can you believe it's only been a week? By the way, I I mean it. it I I told some. I met. I uh, well. I I met. I digitally met with some friends this morning. We had a video call. We usually get together on Friday mornings, and we did a Google Hangout this morning. We could. Nobody could figure it out. It's just is a disaster. <laughs> dad's uh, dad's trying yeah, to figure out the. It, it was all. I mean. It was awesome because we got to just like talk and you know whatever, but it was we we were struggling. Um, I think it was some of the conference tournament stuff where I I think I think what you started to see and this is what happened with the PGA Tour and other leagues 
if if and the NBA was out in front of this as they usually are, at some point with other leagues canceling, it becomes a it becomes less about like is this dangerous, which is what it should be about, but it becomes less about that and more like is this a bad business look? Is this a bad PR look? And so. You, you start to see those dominoes fall and you see the big 12 canceled ACC canceled March madness canceled. And you're like, wait a second. Like this doesn't end anywhere. Like everybody's it, it's all over. And, and I think kind of in the middle of that, I guess with some of the conference championship stuff being canceled, I was like, Oh, okay. Like this is, this is over for a while. And, uh, I don't know. It was weird. It, uh, I, it's weird that Oklahoma State, like how they finish the year with basketball, because they finished year nine and three. They've got KU. It was it was going to be like a fanless arena, so you're like, well, you kind of talk yourself into like something yeah. weird happening. Yeah. And uh, and then it's just over. And I mean, I think that's probably best, I guess, for the for their program just to get to the ne- get to next year. Uh, with with uh, Cade Cunningham coming in and and everything else they got going on, but it was just a strange ending to what was really kind of a weird year for Oklahoma State basketball. Yeah, like I was so looking forward to them playing Kansas in Kansas City with no fan. Like what a what a break that would have been yeah. in terms of you know just your your ability to win that game. Obviously, that game pales in comparison to what's really important. But but I'm like you too, where when they canceled the NCAA tournament. Yeah, that was an also like my eyes were already wide open, but that was really an eye opener. Like, oh, my gosh, there's no NCAA basketball tournament. I kind of thought, Kyle, that they would at least do the selection show and just postpone it for, you know, TBD, however long it it, it will take. I was kind of surprised they just came out and flat out just canceled not only the NCAA tournament, but like every spring sport, baseball, like and I think a lot of the, the I think the uh, Texas Tech golf coach was very adamant about this on Twitter, and you know, he thought they should have postponed things rather than just flat out cancel, especially a sport like golf where you can really kind of isolate yourself and you're outdoors. Were you surprised they not only canceled the NCAA tournament but just like flat out every spring sport without even like, you know, because the NBA like they they suspended, but they're they're keeping the door open that they can come back at some point. We don't know when that will be. Were, were you surprised they just canceled everything? I was at the time, and now looking back, I'm, it kind of makes sense, right? Because I think at the time, I, and look, like my viewpoint on this has changed every day. Like every day I'm like, <laughs> oh, okay. You know, like it just, it's, I mean, speaking of like businesses you want to be in right now, can you imagine the New York Times traffic or like whoever, the Atlantic, like all these, all these organizations that are covering it? I mean, it's, it's it's got to be just off the charts. But, uh, yeah, at the time I was like, wait a second, like, what are we, what are we doing? And now I'm like, Oh, okay. That, that makes more sense in terms of you, you, you can't it. And I get like the postponement, but there's, it seems like we're in this period now of this indefinite, um, sort of, um, isolation or like containment. And, I just don't know that you can be like, oh, well, we're gonna we're gonna postpone, and the, I, I don't know. Like, I think they got out ahead of it in the right way that I didn't totally understand or realize in in, in the moment, like while it was happening. 
Yeah, it's totally the right call because as uh, and I don't need to get too deep in the weeds on coronavirus, but like <laughs> here we go. But but like obviously, you know, most younger people are asymptomatic, so you don't even know who has it. You right. can't be having teams, you know, guys banging into each other on the low block and then still play tournament, not knowing who does or doesn't have it, and with the lack of testing, you can't just test everyone before the tournament starts. So. Uh, I'm with you. I think it's the right call. I, I would have liked to have seen them suspend it because, again, we don't know how long it's going to last, but I I do think it's it's probably the right call at this point. Now, in terms of OSU, you mentioned the way the basketball team finished. What about the eligibility yeah. uh, ruling? I guess the NCAA is going to allow these guys to come back. What do you make of that with OSU, with, you know, with Kate Cunningham coming in and all those recruits? You team up, you know, and again, this is up to the seniors if they want to come back. You know, maybe they would want to go play in Europe and make money. Cam McGriff, Lindy Waters, and Thomas DeZagua. I mean, what do you think of the NCAA's quick ruling on this and what, how this shapes OSU basketball if there is a basketball season next year? Well, I think where we stand right now, actually, and this this might have happened yesterday. I, I don't know when exactly it came out. But so the spring stuff, they'll be allowed to come back. So that's baseball, golf. Uh, tennis, uh, track and field, like there, it, it, it seems like they're going to be granted an extra year of eligibility, which some of that I'm like, where's, where, where's that scholarship money coming from? You know, and what's that going to look like? I, mm. I don't, I don't totally understand that, but I, I'm pretty sure again, as it stands right now, what are Friday, the, what is this? 20th, 20th, uh, that winter, winter sport athletes are not going to be allowed to, um, yeah. And again, that was like either late yesterday or at some point very recently. Now that could change again. I don't think anything's finalized, but it looks like they're probably not. Which I, I, I think that's the right call. I think, I think when you talk about it broadly, with a sport like basketball or football, the the fairest thing is to not allow them to come back now. To the individual, that's unfair, right? It's unfair to deny all those guys and and girls an opportunity to play in the NCAA tournament. But if you're talking about the sport as a whole, the infrastructure as a whole, I think the fairest thing is to not allow it because you get into like this weird messiness of it, it just it creates like all kinds of problems that yeah, is, does it suck for that senior who worked for four years to get to the NCAA tournament? For sure. But the, that's just like the cost of – I mean, there's a ton of cost to all of this, and that is one uh, small cost. And I just don't I, – I don't think you can do it in a fair way where you allow everybody to come back. It just creates – it creates too many problems, I think. Yes, it does, although – I don't know how you, and you're right, there are many costs to this. Everyone's affected. But how do you tell the, the guys on Kansas who have a legit chance to win a national championship that they don't even get to compete for it? I mean, that's, that's virtually unprecedented. They haven't had an NCAA tournament since 1938, I believe. Yeah. Uh, that, that's a tough pill to swallow, and I don't know how you, you tell those guys that or guys you know, that had a chance to win the title now. You're right. I don't know how it works with scholarship money and everything else coming back, but that that to me is just wrong. I don't think 
I don't think any NCAA player should have their season end without them having a chance to compete in the tournament. That's yeah. just my opinion. I mean, for sure. That's a, that's a, there's not like a right or wrong side of this to be on. It, it's, um, it sucks. Like it sucks for everybody. And then you start getting into, and, and I think we, we were talking, you and I were talking about this beforehand, the economic impact of all of this. We, we talk about it in sports terms. Um, but I think people are not totally understanding and they're starting to realize it, but just the economic impact that will reverberate for the next five, 10, 15 years. And that sounds drastic. And maybe it is, I hope it is, but man, I, I don't, I don't know what this is going to look like next year. I don't, I mean, it, it's, and all industries are going to be affected. You know, we talked about that a little bit. It's uh, it's a really weird time. And I think people are starting to understand just the, um, regardless of where you stand on how people should be interacting or what the virus is or does or whatever, the economic impact is undeniable. Like you, that that's the part where <laughs> you can't get around that, right? People are out of jobs. I mean, we got people in, in, in my community and in our church, like losing their jobs. And that's a, that's a real thing. Like that is a real thing that happened or, and, and will happen. And, uh, I don't know. That's the part of it. That's been really sobering for me. Yeah. And I mean, you're right. I mean, to me, Kyle, this is going to be way worse than 08. I think this is going to be like great depression type stuff because it, it literally affects almost every business there is. I mean, literally everyone is affected by this. So I, I do worry about just our economy in general. And and you mentioned your opinion changing a bunch. You know, I, my ass too. And I was having a conversation yesterday with with somebody, and I always kind of thought like we'd be fine for college football. Like by the time September rolls around, like surely this will be under control. We'll have college football. But the point my friend made to me was. Even if we do have all of this under control by by then, are we really going to say, okay, 85,000 people, yeah. let's all huddle in a tight space in a stadium, or 100,000 people if you're Michigan? Like, yep. Are we really going to go back to that in September? I'm dubious of that. I, so, I, don't think, I don't think there's any chance of that happening. Yeah, you're just asking for this to have another outbreak. If one person walks into that stadium... You know, what What are the ramifications of that? So I, I'm with you, like, are we even going to have college football next year? And if we do, is it going to be quarantined where it's just no fans and it's the players? But even then, are, do you know what players have it? I, I just, I don't know. I, I, I was optimistic as little as a couple of days ago. But after this conversation, I started thinking more about it. I don't even know if we're going to have college football in the fall, which is, that's when I think, Kyle, the real sports depression will, will set in. Well, and not just depression, but think about the impact of that on our, our businesses, you know, and, and, and look, yeah. like I, it, I, I don't like, do I feel the effects of this? Do you feel the effects of this? Sure. Do we feel it as much as, um, people who are like, for, for example, working at, you know, we got a message from uh, somebody who works in Stillwater who like doesn't have hours because of some of the um, uh, kind of the, the fallout from all this. And is like, Hey, I am struggling to pay my rent. And so, and, and we ask people to like 
tell us about that and we would help like us as a company would 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 help them out you know in in the short term and so like my point is like so many people are affected in ways that you and I are not but in the long term if there's no college football think about the think about the impact and the effect of that on us and on the Stillwater community and just I don't know, man. It, it's it's a freaking sobering thing, and sports are sports, and they don't ultimately matter. But in terms of the way people's lives are impacted, they kind of do, and I think that's part of it that has been really kind of kind of heavy and and weighty for me over the last few few days. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't know if I'll have a job, frankly, if there's not college football. I mean. At Channel 5, you know, we do pre- and post-game shows when Oklahoma or Oklahoma State are on ABC. And <laughs> that's a huge uh, revenue generator for our station and I think, frankly, keeps me employed. So that's that's a concern for me. It's a concern for a lot of people if we don't have college football. As you, you mentioned, you know, universities, that's where almost all of their money comes from yeah. is college football. So it's a, it's a scary time, but... Um, how I, I clicked on PFB as we were talking. You did a mailbag. Your your email still works. And before we get to it, I have to mention the picture that's posted with this article. It's Porter's mailbag, best defender, transfer thoughts, and how we're spending time. How good there's is a it? picture. There's a picture of Tony Allen with orange and black Jordans. I believe they're the ones or twos. But he's sitting next to yelling guy. Yeah. If anyone's ever wondered what yelling guy looked like, go to PFB <laughs> right now. Give Kyle some clicks. Tony Allen, rocking the hoodie, is sitting next to yelling guy. That's yelling guy's new seats. He doesn't sit behind the announcers anymore. He just wears the officials out right there in the Nicholson seats. <laughs> the Nicholson seats. That's what they're called, right? <laughs> For sure. Uh, real quick, before we get to the, the, the shoes that the TA has on are just disgusting. They're Phenomenal. so good. But before we talk about that mailbag, uh, can I get a prediction from you for when sports will be back? Again, we we are not uh, experts on this, and sports don't matter, but they kind of do. Um, but yep. yeah, I'm just I'm curious about like I want to I want you to go on record right now, and I will too about when they come back. I'm dubious, as I mentioned, about like a hundred thousand people in a stadium, but I think the NBA will do a condensed playoffs by the end of July, early August. And that'll probably be in like practice facilities with no fans, just straight up, you know, old school basketball styles. Uh, I think the NBA will at least try to do their playoffs by the end of the summer. Um, college football. I don't have any idea. I mean, I, if they play at all, Kyle, I think it's going to be in empty stadiums, but that, that's just, that's where I'm at. NBA, I think. And, and I do think, Kyle, you know, you've seen the UFC continue. UFC is just – now, they did just postpone or cancel three events, but they did. They held an event in Brazil over the weekend. That's and crazy. they're a unique sport where it's just two people walking into a cage. Now, I guess they could theoretically test those two people before they walk in there, and there's no there's less than ten people around the cage when they fight. So, like, they're a unique sport where they've tried to just continue. Even they postpone, but – you know, the UFC continuing, I do wonder, you know, can golf continue if, you know, they, they take precautions with no fans? You know, golf, to me, an outdoor sport where it's just you and your caddy, I think that's a sport, too, that could continue this summer. Now, whether that means we get the Masters or not, I have no idea. But 
I think the NBA and golf will at least resume by the end of this summer. So here's what I think. I think um, things will be back by, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about the NBA. I don't know whether I think that's going to come back or not. But I, my prediction that I made was August 15 is when everything, like middle of August is when everything comes back, like in time for football. So I guess I guess that means I think there's no NBA. I don't know if I actually think that, but I said August 15, but I think what's going to happen is I think you're going to see the second wave of stuff. And I think this is a scary part. If, you, if you're reading about this and, and trying to figure stuff out right now is one thing. And I think it's like, I mean, it's super serious and, and people are, I think, becoming aware of that. Um, but I think the second and third waves of this before, and I can't believe we're talking about this on an Oklahoma state podcast, but before there's a vaccine is the stuff where you're like, historically that's, that's scary. And so I think, I think stuff will be back. And then I think at some point in the fall, it'll get shut down again, which would be, it would be awful. I mean, it would, it would really, um, it would really suck. So I don't know. That's my prediction. I hope it's wrong. I hope everything's back by June one and we get to uh, to move forward. Yeah, I hope so too. I'm I'm still depressed about the Masters. Yeah. Ma- uh, by the way, Masters in October would be unbelievable. What does the course look like in October? Is it even green? Uh, I mean, they can they can they can make it green. I mean, they they say, can, I know they shut it down for like the whole after April through the summer. I didn't know if they were even open in October. It, it reopens, I think, beginning of October, end of September, something like that. Um, it's not. I want to see Tiger put the jacket on himself. <laughs> it looks uh, it looks different than it does in April. It's not as full in terms of like the grass hasn't grown in as much, but. I think you can, I was talking to Mark Immelman about this the other day on, on our golf podcast. I think you can, I think it'd be, it'd be fast and firm, which would be sick. I'd like to see <laughs> like seven under win it. It'd be awesome. Oh yeah. Would Tiger just get a, an oversized green jacket to put over the last year's version? Like he would just be wearing the green jacket and slip on another one over it. Like how boss would that be? Well, I don't know. He'll, it, I don't, he might have to hurt his back bending down to put it on Rory. So yeah, I'd, that's the I'm, sad thing. Like this, this kills. Like Rory's playing outstanding, and I've given you grief over Rory over the years, but he's finally playing like the guy that you portend him to be. Mm. He's finally playing like the person you you made him out to be when he was when he couldn't make a five foot putt. So now, <laughs> now he now he's actually like playing like the Tiger esque person you've you've made him out to be. So I, I I have to lay off. He's he's been awesome. Yeah, he's been great. And you know, speaking of Oklahoma State. Uh, Matthew Wolf, Victor Hovland both shot, I think, 68 round one at the players. Yep. And that was were, a fun group to watch. Oh, it was great. And Colin Morcal is awesome. And uh, they're kind of in it. And then you're like, well, we'll see you guys in July, hopefully, August. I don't know. Victor, Victor's still hanging out up in Stillwater. If you follow him on social media, he's just hanging out with the, the OSU golf team up at Carson. Yeah, he, 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 everybody moves to like uh, Jupiter, hashtag Jupe Life. On Avidra. He's like, I'm moving out to 51st and Western. <laughs> That's where I'm going to live. He could buy, he could purchase the house on 4th and West that everybody partied at in college. <laughs> big big two-story house that he could just buy that house. It'd be Victor's place. 
50, is 51st and Western even a uh, like an intersection? I just made I up names we, and numbers. We're, we're too far out of the game. Yeah. Some might be out, out, so maybe somewhere off Duck, Duck Street, maybe. That might be out in Gundy Land. He might he might live, <laughs> he might have a compound out there next to Gundy. Uh, okay. Hear from Chris. Yeah, yeah. Let's hear from Chris's. We uh, we have not heard from them in a while. We're gonna we got a special little uni thing here in a bit, but uh, let's let's hear from Chris's. And uh, thanks again to them for man, they've been awesome. They uh, they produce and distribute a lot of our gear that we sell pfbstore.com and uh you know i know they feel the impact of this as well everybody does i mean especially in a small town like stillwater so if you guys live in stillwater get out visit them see what they got going on purchase some of their stuff and uh yeah let's hear from them chris's university spirit on campus corner in stillwater oklahoma is proud to be your one-stop cowboy shop since 1986 and proud sponsor of this podcast pistols firing They specialize in custom-printed Oklahoma State apparel and merchandise and pride themselves on their excellent customer service. They also offer a full line of custom Greek apparel and can even outfit your Little League team head-to-toe. They're located at the corner of 3rd and Knobloch on Historic Campus Corner. You can follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. Shop Stilly, shop Chris's University Spirit. Okay, Carson, you want to do mailbag real quick, and then we'll uh, we'll kind of set up what we're going to do at the beginning of next week. Yeah, you had a, a fun, you know, mailbag little reprieve from uh, the coronavirus. And I thought the most interesting question on there was, "Who you got best defender of all time? Melvin Sanders, Tony Allen, or Marcus Dove?" That question coming from Grant Clark. Yeah, it was a great question. I went. Um, I think it's hard because. And, and some all of this is just in my head, and you probably remember it better than I do. But I think it's easy to go Tony Allen because, you know, first team all defense and, you know, Kobe talking about how, like, he was the guy that he hated going against. But in college and, – and look, Tony Allen is great in college. But I think that – I think he, he – in the pros, he kind of had to focus on defense because that was his thing. That's what kept him in the league. And I think more of the offensive burden was on him in college to where maybe you didn't, I mean, he was a great defender, but maybe you didn't notice it as much as you would have uh, when he got into the pros. So I don't know. I think Melvin and Dove were both awesome too. Marcus Dove could guard every position and he did. I mean, it was, he was unbelievable as a defender. Um, But yeah, I, I kind of landed on my life on the line. I got to get one stop. I'm going TA. Me too. I- I mean, he's the alpha. He was the alpha on that Final Four team on the defensive end, and he was the alpha on the offensive end. When they needed a bucket, they went to him. But you're right, man. Marcus Dove was probably the most versatile, guarding one through five. He could really guard everybody. I thought he would have much more of an NBA career for that reason, where if he could just shoot a corner three, maybe he was a little ahead of his time. Maybe if he came out now, he could have developed a three-point shot and, and you know just been a 3-and-D guy. Uh, I think... When you're talking about just lateral side to side, I go with Melvin Sanders. That guy was probably the fastest guy moving side to side I've ever seen. He was awesome. Uh, he was just a freak athlete. I think he was like a hurdler or a high jumper. He, he was just a freak athlete. But I, I'm with you. Give, give me give me Tony Allen or give me Death. I mean, he was just the alpha on on both ends of the floor. And and uh, for me, 
my list of greatest OSU players of all time probably starts with him. Just yeah, in terms of what he did on both ends. I think that's fair. I mean, he was uh, Big Twelve Player of the Year. Is he OSU's only Big Twelve Player of the Year? Well, him and John Lucas split it that year, so they shared the honor. Um, I don't think I don't think Country ever won it because I think that was like the Jacques Vaughn Greg Oster tag. No, uh, Country won Big Eight Player of the Year in '95. Oh, Big Eight, yeah, okay. Yeah, he he won Conference Player of the Year. Uh, I think I think if you're just talking best player of all time, you got to go with Country. I mean, his his resume is out of this world. I mean, it's like. It's like three-time first-team All-American. I mean, <laughs> he made a Final Four. He, I think the only thing missing would be the regular season uh, championship, you know, because Kansas always nipped them in the final game, it seemed like. But I think Big Country's resume is unassailable. Can I, but, can I, can I run through the Big 12 players of the year here? Sure. It's, an, it's a list, dude. It is a... Country a, two-time Big 8 player of the year, by the way. There you go. So never Big Twelve, but Big Eight. Um, so starting in '97, Rayful of Friends, then Rayful of Friends won it the next year, and then you go. I don't. I don't remember this. Vincent Vincent Hamilton from Nebraska. Hmm. In nope. 1999, then you get into the good stuff. Marcus Pfizer in 2000. Jamal Ooh. Tinsley. Jamal Tinsley. Oh one. And they were good. Go, you got Drew Gooden, Nick Collison, T.A. Wayne Simeon in 05, he was so good. I don't remember the 06. I mean, I remember this guy. I don't remember him winning it. P.J. Tucker, 06. The Texas. I don't remember I don't, him being Big 12 Player of the Year. I don't remember him being that good. I thought he was more of a you know a Gabe Manecki type. Yeah. Then you go uh, Durant. This is a sick run. Durant, Beasley, Blake Griffin. James Anderson. Forgot about that. Yep. Big 12 player of the year, Marcus Morris in 11, Thomas Robinson, Marcus Smart. So I've not only did they have more than one, they Oklahoma State had <laughs> had three. Did uh, Lucas not split it with 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 Allen? I thought they split. Uh, they I think one sp- one 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 like the AP, the other yeah. one like the whatever, the other yeah. one like the coaches or whatever. This, yeah, I, I think, think this is split it somehow. I think this is the the coaches voting on it. Um, so then. After Smart was uh, Melvin, I don't know how you say his last name, Ejim? Ehim? Oh, from uh, Iowa, Iowa State. State. Yeah. Edgem, maybe? Edgem. And then Buddy twice, Frank Mason, Devontae Graham, Jarrett Culver, and Azabuki this year. Uh, Kansas has won so many of those. Yes. Rightfully so. I mean, they've been in the league every year. For they've 15, won 10. Right? They've won 10 of them. Iowa State, OU, Oklahoma State, three. Texas, two. K-State, Nebraska, and Tech have won one. Baylor's never won one. Wow. Not even Tweety Carter? <laughs> who was the, or what uh, was the... Who was the really lace Darius Dunn? He probably should yeah. have won one. He averaged... That like, guy shoot the lights out. <laughs> he averaged like 38 a game, and they went like <laughs> 2 and 16. <laughs> No, they were pretty good when Lace Darius Dunn was there. They were they were frisky. They weren't like as good as they are now, obviously. Who was the the white kid from Australia that was such a good shooter? Is it Brady Heslip? Uh oh no, uh Aaron Bruce. He might have been Aaron Bruce. Yeah. Um how good was that O one, O two Pfizer Tinsley team? Oh my gosh. They were a two seed and lost. Like that 
Iowa State's had a lot of heartbreak over the years. I bet they still talk about the Marcus Pfizer team losing as a two seed, like we talk about the 2011 team losing to them. Who did they? Who did they uh, lose to? Hampton. Oh yeah. Remember they lifted, was... the Hampton guy lifted that little coach up in the air and he yeah. was kicking. It's like one of the all-time upsets ever. I remember that. It was in Boise, wasn't it? I think so. I think I, I had remember... winning it all that year in my bracket. I... <laughs> they lost the first round. It was like, I remember being like late at night and I was up and I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is this is insane." Um, I'm trying to look up. So yeah, I've got uh, man. Some of these, I'm I'm on the I'm in the Baylor archives right now. We could do this for like three days, by the way. Maybe we should. We need some content. Um, Curtis Gerald's, Lace Darius Dunn, Tweety Carter, Quincy AC. That was a good Baylor team. Yeah, they were good. I told you they were frisky. Twenty four and fifty. No, they went five and eleven in the Big Twelve. That's not very good. Uh well, they. Would, you were always worried when you played them because you didn't know if Scott Drew would know what he was doing, or if they would get hot, like Tootie Carter would just get hot one game, or Lace Darius Dunn might drop 30 on you. So here's their good team. This was oh, this was 2010, so they Lace Darius averaged 20, and then they had F.K. Udo, and then they had uh, Tweety, Quincy A.C., Josh Flummers. F.K. Udo is a lottery pick from Edmund yeah. Santa Fe. He's from, he's from my neck of the woods. Quincy A.C. was played in the NBA. Corey Jefferson was a freshman on that team. He's an NBA guy. They had some, yeah, Scott Drew's been doing things on the recruiting trail for a while. Lace Darius Dunn was there for like seven years, by the way. Yeah. Um, okay, we need to... What a, what a name, by the way. Lace Darius. <laughs> Seriously. Great name. I saw something on the forum today, by the way. Go check out uh, our forum, The Chamber. It's been just... There's a coronavirus thread that's just... Oh, you, you gotta go. Sorry, we were supposed to be done already. Yeah, I do got to go, but we're going to we're going to set up next week. Um people should go to check out our forum right now. It's insane. Um but somebody brought up wouldn't it be the mo- most Oklahoma State thing ever to bring in Cade Cunningham and and then next basketball season just doesn't exist. Oh, you're right. Uh, ah, this freaking virus. It's like Gerald Green signing and then just winning the slam dunk contest and being the 21st pick and leaving. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It would, it would Squinky. be like that. Okay. Uh, real quick. We're going to do a rewatchables in the same vein as the ringer does them. So they go back. We're basically just stealing their, their template because it's a yeah. good template and they have, uh, they're not going to be doing any Oklahoma state games anytime soon. So <laughs> we're going to do the, uh, the 2004, Oklahoma State as the two seed against the number one seed St. Joseph's, the infamous John Lucas shot. Well, and this uh, th- this game's on YouTube, right? Yeah, the whole game, the whole game's whole game. on YouTube. You can go watch it. Jim Nance you got, is doing. Yeah, Billy Billy Packer and Jim Nance. We're going to talk about what age is the best, what age is the worst, uh, most rewatchable sequence, which you can probably guess. But uh, yes. it's going to be fun. It's going to be awesome. I've already dove in a little bit, and it's been just thoroughly entertaining. And just basketball looked so much different back then. I I did too, and it just uh, it feels like a it feels like a title game because the crowd was great. Uh, Packer and Nance are just freaking awesome, and two unbelievable teams. I mean, that Broncos team was out of this world good. They They won like every national award that year. They were so good, and they had pros, and Oklahoma State had pros. And uh, it'll be fun. We'll do this with more games throughout the the Corona 
break, whatever we're calling it. Um, but you wanted to mention real quick the unis from that game, right? Yeah. I mean, um, again, I I love the trim from that 04 run. And even when they introduced Curse of Cowboys, the, the, the trim on the shorts is just outstanding. And these were the black uniforms that they wore with the brand on the front. And St. Joe's, I need to I need to go through it with a fine tooth comb to figure out what brand of uniform they're wearing, but their uniforms are atrocious. So uh, yeah, it's a it's a uni mismatch in terms of Oklahoma State, and and I thought, and we'll get into it on the pod, but I thought the committee really tried to screw OSU that two seed paired up with St. Joe's. OSU should have been a one seed that year. I mean, they won the Big Twelve tournament and regular season, one of the best conferences in America, and they were two seed. Yeah. By the way, uh, the NCAA. Andy Katz put out a bracket of like memories, like things that happen. And Lucas's shot was a 15 seed. Ugh. Yeah. Get out of here. Well, it's a joke. as we'll discuss that last minute and a half is as good oh as the other tournaments ever been. I mean, I'm it's... sorry. 15 seed for that finish is a joke. There's no timeouts. There's no fouls. It is like balls to the wall for the last two minutes of that game. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Um, okay. We're going to get to that. That, uh, this week's uniform review, by the way, our, our throwback to 2004, brought to you by Chris's <laughs> University Spirit, your one-stop cowboy shop on Campus Corner. Be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. I got to go. I'm doing more rewatchables for CBS Sports. We're doing the 2016 Open Championship today. So if you want to subscribe, if you're into golf, the First Cut podcast, go subscribe. And uh, Carson, be safe. Keep doing your thing. We'll talk early next week. Sounds good. I can't believe Stinson retired that three wood after demolishing Phil with it. (laughs) We'll catch up later. See ya.